You're listening to The Wonder Podcast, brought to you by Be The Change Youth Initiative, where we believe everyone should be seen, heard, and loved. We're committed to educating, equipping, and empowering youth to use their lives in advocacy for others. The Wonder Podcast was created to be a space where we truly see and hear one another. Because when we listen to people's stories, empathy is cultivated. So we'd like to invite you along with us as we listen and learn from others. This is The Wonder Podcast. Hey everyone, um, welcome to another episode of the Wonder Podcast. We're kind of straying from our typical um, way of doing things, just because this is kind of like a special edition. We're going to split this episode into two different parts, just to kind of dissect what's happened, um, new direction for Be The Change, talk a little bit more about the three pillars, share stories, extend compassion, and take action, as well as talk about something that happened within the last couple months that kind of switched our trajectory a little bit. Um, I don't know what else you have to say to that. No, I think that's that's fair. Hi, everyone. This is mom. <laughs> I should have said that before. Mom here. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I mean, mom, but also technically operations director. That's true. So yeah. that's why I'm hopping on today to kind of help Sydney dive a little bit deeper into our three pillars, like why we felt the need to focus on this. I guess you could argue, make the argument that up until this point, Be the Change has been about taking action, right? Yes. Equipping a generation, specifically those that younger generation, mm-hmm. the five to 13-year-olds, I felt like that was the sweet spot that yeah. we just saw a bunch of kids and parents, too, that were all about encouraging them to see their value and their worth and how even despite their age that they have so much to contribute and like putting things together and opportunities together so that they could work together to make big things possible, mm-hmm. including building the daycare in, in Haiti and, you know, supporting the lunch program in Wanda, Rwanda and doing all the things that we've done with Make-A-Wish America. Um, so that's always been a part of our heart and our passion but why? Why are we focusing on these three pillars? Why is it important, especially now, today, um, to focus on on these things, especially sharing stories, extending compassion, and, of course, taking action? And then also, because of so much of the divisiveness today, there's conflict. And so how do we engage in conflict in a healthy way? Um, how do we have conversations with people because that's our goal. Like we're doing all these things and focusing on the three pillars for the purpose of engaging in conversations with people who think differently than us, who have mm-hmm. different worldviews than us. And guess what, guys? Sometimes that that can be a little hard. So yeah. yeah so we and we have learned, and um, we've learned a lot over the last few years. And we do not have all the answers, but mm-hmm. we can tell you number one what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> from experience. And number two, what has worked well for us. Yeah. And so um, and so that's that's why we're doing this. So we're going to split mm-hmm. into two episodes. Yeah. And this, these episodes aren't meant to be super long. This is more of just kind of sharing our heart about why we chose to do the three pillars, um, kind of the story behind it. A lot of it has to do with how we lived our life on the road, listening to people's stories and how that's kind of changed um, our mindsets for the better. And then... The second part will be about creating a diverse table and what healthy community looks like. And sometimes, like, having those difficult conversations does go sideways. And that's when you're like, <laughs> it's not healthy anymore. It's not safe to have these people in our inner circles. Um, 
because it sometimes can get to that point and that's okay so how do we navigate and walk through that but yeah we're really excited even though those are going to be super short i'm really excited to like talk about these because it's pretty important to what we're absolutely absolutely so the first part is why the direction why the change the shift and be the change from being an organization that was about empowering youth to see that they can contribute to society to their communities for the betterment of their communities through their gifts and talents to this place where we are trying to cultivate change through the telling of stories and extending compassion Um, and so like Sydney said it's very much from what we experienced on the road Um, you know a lot of you that are listening you know our story like why we went on the road and why we stayed on the road two different reasons and we're going to focus I guess today on why we stayed on the road and after that faithful um, event in Austin Texas in May 2019 Uh, when this young middle school student came to Sydney and shared how she had attempted uh, suicide, uh, you know, that changed our lives forever. Um, In, you know, the immediate aftermath of that, we spent time as a family just talking and processing. It was the first time Braden had shared his story on a large stage like that. And the feedback that we got was a little overwhelming. All the kids, I mean, I still remember, I had took a picture of it just because it was so overwhelming. All these kids are like rushing the stage. The girls kind of swarm to you, yeah. the guys <laughs> swarm to, to Brayden. And just watching you guys interact with them, talk with them, hug them, pray with them. It was just really, as a parent, that's all you could ask for is that your kids um, use their stories to encourage others. Um, it, I'll forever remember that moment. But... The next day when the youth pastor called us and was like, hey, you need to know what happened. Like these kids not only wanted to talk to you, they went home and wanted to talk to their parents. And their parents were like, what in the world? Like we had no idea that our kids were facing these things and feeling these things. And who did you bring in? You know, and, and so this the youth pastor had said, like, even though this was unexpected, keep doing this. Like it, this is working. This is resonating in a way that it, it just it's not resonating when it comes from adults Um, But because it's coming from their peers. And so we stayed on the road and we started having these conversations around mental health. And what we saw was that so many people, young and old alike, wanted to talk about mental health. But they wanted to talk to the contributing factors, especially societal influences with mental health. And so we would start having these conversations, we say, you know, around kitchen tables, in the backyards, anywhere anyone wanted to talk. And it the conversations very quickly went to topics like racism. Um, I will never forget, we were in Iowa in between the shootings that happened in Waco, Texas at the Walmart, and then the following day at, um, I think it was a bar in Dalton or Dayton, Ohio. We were in um, a home talking the night, or the the time in between those two shootings, um, and the topic of gun control came up. And, um, that was one of the hardest conversations that we had on the road. Yeah. I feel like it got a little, um, a little heated, mm-hmm. um, but but it was still a good conversation. And, and we we would see people say to us, even in that in, instance, like I I don't know how you handled that conversation. And I I want to ask questions about racism. I want to ask questions about systemic racism and. Um, I want to ask questions about um, LBGDQ issues that I don't understand, but I don't know how to ask these questions because I don't want to offend someone or I don't want to come across as ignorant. 
and how do I engage in conversations? And it, it didn't happen once or twice. It happened every single place we went. And so we said the best thing that we can do is try, just from our own experiences, to create something that could help equip people, number one, to see the importance of sharing their stories, mm-hmm. but also like how to help people become active listeners, not mm-hmm. passive listeners, but active listeners. How do you ask good questions? Um, and, and the hope of, in doing that is when we listen to people's stories, there is something that happens when, when you sit across from someone who has a different life experience from, from you and you are entering into that space that you can't help but to feel compassion, especially when they have faced adversity in some of the places and ways that we have talked to people. Um, compassion is something that we need to make space for. And for some of us, we need to learn how to cultivate it. And mm-hmm. so that is our goal. That's why we said, like, if we want to create and encourage a generation to go and make change in their communities, the obvious place that we first need to do that is in how we relate with one another. Right? Yeah. So, so SIDS, (laughs) share stories. Why is it important? Number one, pillar number one. So every month we're going to really, especially until the end of this year, every month we're going to hit a topic, right? We're going to focus on a topic. And during that month, we are going to spend some time talking about why is it important to share stories. And we're going to share stories on the podcast. And and then we're going to talk about extending compassion. Mm -hmm. So how... Um, how can we extend compassion to the people who are sharing their stories or people yeah. like them and then take action. And we always say take action is both internal and external. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've always focused on the external. So use your gifts and talents to advocate and raise funds for organizations and people um, to encourage them and help them in their mission. But also take action is internal. Sometimes it's a shift in how we think about things, how we yeah. perceive things. Um, maybe our perceptions are inaccurate mm-hmm. and um, maybe we're ignorant mm-hmm. as I, I raise my hand <laughs> on that one on a lot of issues. And, uh, and so like how can we internally change our thought process or change our, um, our worldview in such a way that we see people see their pain, acknowledge it, and then learn from it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's, the, that's what we're trying to do, at least in this first episode of the two-part yeah. series. And I really do think it's important to highlight, like, even though Be the Change is now kind of tied, not, I mean, maybe tied together into those three pillars, like sharing stories, sending compassion, and taking action. Yeah, it's so easy to say, but in one hand, we also talk about how that's really hard to walk out and live out with other people and I think so you hard. mentioned yeah I mean it's really difficult and but I think what's really cool is we've been able to practice that and see that even on the road um, but even in community here it's been really cool to kind of like say like how can we start doing that with like locally different things like that but it's yeah I mean it was it's difficult and it's yeah, yeah. we should talk about in the second part like how to walk that out <laughs> I know, we have yeah. some good stories we do Chattanooga has been good for us um, in that way <laughs> Yeah, and I think too, just like it's really, it's really important to to understand, like you know, we for every one thing we get right, I feel like we get five things wrong at least, yeah. at least. Yeah. And like, what is working for us, it might not work for everyone, but I think there are some universal truths when it comes to mm-hmm. the dignity of human beings 
yeah. to like sit in and listen to their stories. And um, I mean, we come from a faith tradition where like you're like, well, duh, no brainer. Like we're supposed to do that. But ironically, as we travel the country, a lot of people like they they assumed a lot of things about us when we said we were Christians. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> um, we're not doing a great job of representing who Jesus is. And, you know, and this isn't, you know, a faith-based organization, but, um, but we meet people where they are and that's where we are. And so how do we exist in a society where um, there's, there's a lot out there in the world that we need to have conversations about and you know faith is one of them because it's a divisive it's a divisive topic in our culture especially and so not shying away from that as well is important too and so um it seems to be a lightning rod for a lot of divisiveness in our culture so um so yeah like we'll we'll use that as an example for us but um, and some things, but um, obviously, like there's no there's no discrimination here on anyone's faith or nope choice. background. Yeah, like honestly, yeah, we're very open people, and I Absolutely. think like when you get to know us even more, it's funny because a lot of people that do know us, they never assume that because they have like all these expectations of like, oh, Christians are X, Y, and Z, and very legalistic, and I'm like. Yeah, if you get to know us, we'll be the most, like, open, loving people that you will probably ever meet. And I think that's so cool, like, me being able to have that example as you, like, four parents, just being able to see you and dad walk that out with other people and, like, loving people. That's something I was writing about today, even though, I mean, this podcast is going out tomorrow. (laughs) But we write posts in advance, and that was one of the things that I was talking about on the blog, like, in three weeks from now that you will probably read. I think exactly three weeks, but... And that was one thing that I was talking about, like, how proud I am of, like, being able to see you and dad grow and where you guys have grown up in very legalistic backgrounds, like, community and, um, and family, honestly, and mm-hmm. being able to see you guys walk love and acceptance and, like, respect out with other people has been really cool, just because I've also been surrounded, like, whether that's friends who discriminate against others or say like harmful jokes about other people I think it's been really cool just to have that reflected like just watching you show up to other people has been Hmm. awesome thanks I appreciate that yeah that's a really nice compliment I know and it's hard too because I I grew up in that you know like and I guess we can make that segue into sharing stories like I I grew up in a very legalistic background faith-wise but also a very racist background and um you know I people probably wouldn't assume that about me (laughs) um, when they get to know me but a lot of it was a conscious decision like to not be my parents to not be my family and to break a cycle and um and I have to say though like listening to stories especially Mm -hmm. on the topic of racism my eyes have been so opened um so opened you know and we come from a predominantly caucasian community um or state anyway in portland maine it's like 90 some percent white we however came from portland which was a sanctuary city so it was a high percentage of refugees the kids school was Mm -hmm. very diverse both racially and um, on a faith background and 
you know, it was just really, really important to us that we raise you in that sense of diversity. Um, but having said that, like coming, moving into the South, um, it's been eye-opening, you know, even traveling the country in different places, but definitely in the South. And I was born in the South and, um, and raised in, yeah, like I said, a very racist, racist family. And like to really sit back here um, and see and hear terminology, um, words be used, slur, racial slurs be used so openly mm-hmm. um, is like I'll never forget like just taking you guys to, to supermarkets where you'll see things or hear things and you guys be offended. And I'm thankful that you're offended, you know? Um, but I, you know, in, in a way, I, I was like, well, I'm back home. <laughs> you know, and which is really sad to, to say that, but I've been really intentional in listening to stories. One of the things I do appreciate about the church that we're at now is that um, racial reconciliation, anti-racism training, and um, like we have done those things and been part of facilitating groups and, um, and not being afraid to have conversations with our brothers and sisters of, of other um, ethnicities t- to sit and hear their experiences yeah. and like hear about things that they experienced 40 years ago in segregated South, mm-hmm. but also things they're experiencing now mm-hmm. and um, things that I wasn't aware of, right. like things that I would hear about and say, well, yeah, that makes sense 40 years ago, mm-hmm. but they, Oh no, that happened two years ago or that happened six months <laughs> ago. And um, it's like sitting with them and listening to them and, not even saying anything, but like hearing them, especially when you can sit across from someone. I mean, a lot of these conversations unfortunately happen across Zoom. Right, yeah. But, but like just seeing the pain on someone's face and like I can't enter into their pain, I can't experience it, but I can see how it has impacted them. Right. And if there is not a shift in me in some way, when right. I see someone in pain, yeah. then I'm like, okay, what 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 is wrong with this situation? Yeah, I mean, even though they are three different pillars and three different segments, like, they all go hand in hand. And honestly, I feel like that's how we even should talk about it. Because, like you said, like, when we listen to these stories and um, we should extend compassion in the way of, like, but extending compassion literally is taking action. Like, you are no longer ignorant. You know what's happening around you. What are you going to do about it? Because you you can't just not do something. Like, there has to be action. Like, if you know someone's being hurt in these ways, like, whether that is, like, racism or sexism or, I mean, a number of things, discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community. Like, when you know these things are happening, but you're not doing anything about it, like, that within itself is horrific mm-hmm. and you need to be taking action in some capacity because you are capable of doing that. Yes. And that's something that's yeah. not easy to say. <laughs> and it's like, I was very blunt about like, yes, like yeah. it's horrific and evil for you not to do something to help other people that you know are like in pain. Right. What's a good, what's that, that saying? I hate being off the cuff and not we're totally off the cuff right now. I mean, it's great though. I mean, this is one of the things that I always talk about is having those conversations and this yeah. is very raw and they're ambulance. Like you hear ambulances <laughs> in the background because we live downtown city and yeah. it's been pouring, raining and flooding everywhere. But it's good. But it's good. It's um, good. What's that saying? It's like, like true evils when good people do nothing. Oh 
Yeah, I know what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I, I think I might yeah. have butchered that. No, but, like, but, that's the gist of it. But, right, like, you know, I mean, I think that there are pure evils that are, are truly evil, but there there is, like, there is something to be said about being a person that has the means, mm-hmm. like, the capability to, in, to intersect life and help other people and choosing not to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think sometimes like we like we'll we'll talk about the big issues because that's what people want to talk about. They want to talk about racism, especially right now with everything going on in our country. They want to talk about politics. They want to talk about immigration and gun control and LGBTQ issues, gender issues, equality issues. Like all of these things, they're important. Like they are important. Like we are wrestling with them as a society. We are wrestling with them as a country as far as policy. Um, But like I don't want to just focus on those things because there's little the little things too mm-hmm. like there's the little things that that we can take action on too mm-hmm. um yeah and like whether it's someone that we come up to on the street that is asking for food or um our our posture towards friends in a season where they're having a rough time there are a lot of little ways that our life can be interrupted, that are beautiful, that we can extend compassion to people and that we can take action. It doesn't have to be a a crusade in every single thing. And and we're not like that. One of the things I love about our Saturdays, those are our, our BTC challenge. So be the change Mm -hmm. challenge days. And they're super like the challenges aren't like life altering, go save the (laughs) world. Like, you know, they are, just how can we take small steps yes. to, like, loving people well, to being the change, in, like, locally, and yes. if that ever ends up some, being something global, then, like, and that's your dream, awesome. then awesome. Like, we're do here. that. We're like, here to cheer you on. Yeah, we'll be your biggest <laughs> yeah. encouragers and advocates. And we'll and, share it on Instagram. <laughs> yes, because, like, that's our heart. Like, we want to find people who have that heart and posture towards other people who are doing amazing things to be able to help others and highlight what they're doing. That within itself is like so important. And I think that's like, like that's one of the cool things about Be The Changed um, that a lot of people I don't think know mm-hmm. um, when I kind of like call it, call it out a little bit. Okay. So I'm gonna put Sydney on the spot. <laughs> but, um, but it was just really cool because how many times have you said, yeah, but does anyone really want to be the change? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's hard. Right, like it's super hard, and and like you know, you would always like you would spend time looking for people to follow, like looking for leaders that would help you try to like bring. How can I bring about change in my community? How can I do this? Like in trying to find them, and you would get so frustrated because you would follow people on Instagram or see things on social media and be like, they're just talking about what they're doing. Like, like, but what about what other people are doing? Like, mm-hmm. how, like, there's so many great ideas out there, yeah. you know, and what, like, I love your heart for that. Like, par- our partnerships are really important, but, like, you are constantly bringing other people, like, to the forefront and say, look at what they're doing. Look what this organization's doing. Yeah. Look at what this person is doing. Like, you are about elevating other people, and there's something to be said about that in our society especially is – um, like when we can get to a place where we're elevating other people, mm-hmm. that's when change comes. Well, yeah, because what's the point? You can't just bring change about by yourself. No. Like, yeah, you can have like a small little part of it, but like when you work with other people together and build that community of like-minded people who are wanting to create change, like you guys are able to do something 
far better together than separate. Yes. And you want to be able to encourage them because I know how difficult it is to start something and then like feel like no one's supporting you in that. Yeah. I mean, that was me for a very long time. Like I feel like <laughs> and we've had our people, like we've had our handful of people who have been there from the beginning, who have always encouraged us. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing, lonely. It's, and it's nothing like what we have now. Yeah. Like the community, like the community that we community have right is, now is like, like uh, is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Yes, yeah, they're always encouraging, always supporting, even people that we've like made friends with at bakeries <laughs> and um, restaurants. Restaurants, like my waitress, like she's coming out to listen to the kids sing and wanting yes. to like hang out with us like during the I day know. and yeah, yeah, like the community it's that been... it's been a blessing yeah it's been an answer to prayer to be honest so (laughs) but but it's come from intentionality which i feel like is that like this is probably a good place to to segue so um Um, so starting the next part take two (laughs) yeah okay so (laughs) and this is what off the cuff means everyone so this will be the ending of part one Yes. And this is where I say, dun, dun, dun. we will see you guys next week. Wait, was Leave that as good as Gerilyn's? I don't know. Gerilyn's was so funny because it was like not random. Right. Yours was random too. I didn't know you were going to do that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so leaving on a cliffhanger, you guys will have to wait next week to hear the rest of this conversation. Yes. Well, we talk about confrontation. Yes. Because we've had some. We've had some. <laughs> we have had some. And we've learned from it. Yes. And we, we have become grown. better humans. Some of, of us it. have grown more than others. <laughs> Sydney has grown far more than I have. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, we, but we, how do you love people even in confrontation? Mm, and yeah. Like hearing stories, extending compassion, taking action, um, it's a hard thing to do. And like, how do you do it well when you're not supported? And like, all we're gonna talk about all those things. Um, Hopefully, it will be an encouragement because that's it's meant to be an encouragement because we are thankful for every obstacle, every confrontation. It has gotten us to where we are, and we really love where we are right now. So stay tuned. Yes. See you next week.